Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Haas here in studio. Bobby Abear is at the Silver Slipper. And on the line with us is Saints head coach Dennis Allen. Coach, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Appreciate you guys having me on. Of course. And, you know, there were big questions, you know, a lot of question marks after the preseason is how will teams kind of handle adversity in week one, right? Because it's such a big difference between preseason games and, and the regular season. So it's the inopportune time on a fumble on the opening kickoff. But, wow, from that moment, your defense sets the tone. The Titans had it at the 24-yard line, ended up fourth and 18 and a 50-yard field goal. They did score the three. But that was that was a victory for your team in defense, right? Yeah, no question. I mean, I thought, um, you know, obviously uh, you don't like to start the game off like that with uh, turning the ball over on the very first play of the game and, and giving possession in field goal range. Uh, but I thought uh, two things. I thought, number one, I thought our crowd was outstanding in terms of uh, making it difficult for the Titans to be able to communicate, uh, got us – Got us a couple of penalties, which which created some longer yarded situations. And then, look, I think our defense, um, you know, took the field with the attitude that um, it doesn't really matter where they get possession of the ball. Our job is to go out and stop them. And I thought they did a great job of doing that. Now, uh, Coach Allen, you know, I always love history. And I look at this day and age, how the game has somewhat changed. But I still think uh, when you look at scoring offense, scoring defense, when you hold an opponent, to 20 points or less, uh, you shouldn't freaking lose. Uh, the bottom line, you should not lose the game. And look at where the Saints are at right, right now. Uh, we matched the longest streak in fan- franchise history. I mean, I was playing then in 1991. We won the NFC West. Nine consecutive games holding an opponent to 20 points or less. And then you look at now recently getting back to uh, November of 2022. Uh, so when you look at scoring defense, I mean, you got to take a lot of pride in that, considering uh, that, you know, you could bend but don't break. And then uh, the red zone all comes about with that. But uh, maybe we gave him a few first downs where we can uh, maybe take the ball away or force field goals. That goes a long way uh, on the outcome of the game. But to just talk about uh, what we've been able to do as of late as far as uh, holding an opponent 20 points or less. Yeah, look, Bobby, I mean, I, you know, you played quarterback in this league for a long time and, and uh, played against a couple of, you know, behind a couple of really good defenses. And, and you know, when you're able to hold a team to less than 20 points, uh, your your percentage of, of winning games goes up dramatically. And so um, I think that that's been, you know, a hallmark of our team here over the last few years. Defensively, I think we've done a good job of limiting the scoring. Um, and that's ultimately – the sign of a good defense. The sign of a good defense is is uh, is how many points do you actually allow? And um, I think uh, you know I think our guys take pride in that, and, and uh, uh, it's something that we want to try to continue to do. Now, uh, Coach Allen, uh, uh, boy, you know how you handle adversity, and especially a young player like Rashid Shahid, 
I think you might have uh, mentioned this in the post-game presser. Well, he hadn't really been freaking tackled. Uh, you look when you're actually playing, and then all of a sudden you never want to start the game because uh, you're in the outhouse. Uh, what, we just uh, uh, fumbled Albany kickoff, and you give the opponent great field position. But I thought Rashid Shahid was unbelievable how he's, he was able to bounce back. I mean, th- that's easier said than done. Uh, you know, it's like, so what if you do great? You got to do great the next play. And if you do bad, you got to uh, uh, one snap and clear. But ended up with 216 all-purpose yards and Rashid Shaheed. And how y'all counting on him? Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, he's a young player that, um, you know, continues to get better every single time he goes out there. Obviously, um, you know, there's some adversity to overcome there. But yet, um, I think that's the... I think that's the thing with our football team. When you have a good team, you can overcome some of these mistakes. And and so guys understand that there's, you know, other players on this team that, that, that have their back and they can respond. And so for the defense to go out there, minimize the damage done uh, after the opening uh, turnover of the game, you know, kind of gives him some confidence that, hey, look, you know, didn't cost us the game. I got a chance to come back and make some plays. It's a long game, um, and certainly he made a lot of big plays in the game that you know helped us win the game. Coach, can you talk about Chris Olave? Ten targets, eight receptions, 112 yards, but really kind of all over the field from from a uh, alignment uh, situation. Some out of the backfield, catching passes out of the backfield that may or may not been maybe an, an Alvin route. You know, I'm not going to say, but just overall, he was he was in a lot of places. Yeah, I think, you know, that's one of the things that we've tried to do with, with, with Chris and, and a number of our players is try to put them in position to do things that they do really well. Um, and, 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 you know, you can run that same exact route from inside in the slot. You can run it out of a bunch formation. You can run it out of a stack formation. You can motion him back into the backfield and run the same route out of the backfield. So just adding some window dressing, uh, giving some different looks to the defense, I thought was big for our offense. I think the big thing with Chris uh, that, that I really appreciated in this game was uh, the run after catch. Um, and I think that's an area that, that he can continue to, you know, improve on. And, and, look, obviously he's got the speed down the field. He can get open down the field um, and, and make the long, you know, the long catches. But his ability to uh, then create after the catch I thought was big in the game. Now, uh, you know, Coach Allen, I think we could go undefeated if we do this. I mean, I have the key right here. Uh, all I know is uh, the Titans were, after three quarters, they were 0 for 8 on third down. I'm like, what? Now, they ended up 2 for 12, 17%, and they were 0 for 3 in the red zone. I think, now, if we could do that type of defense, bend but don't break, and whether you're creating a takeaway or you're forcing a field goal, we're not going to lose a damn game if we continue to do that. Yeah, well, look, hey, obviously that's our standard. Um, that's our expectation. That's what we expect to do every week that go, we go out there. Obviously, some weeks uh, we're better at it than others. Um, certainly, we, we perform well in situational defense, which I think is critical. Our ability to stop them in the red zone, our ability to get off the field on third down. Uh, you know, we did a fairly decent job of limiting uh, the explosive plays, particularly the the big throws down the field. So, um, yeah, Bobby, I, I think um, that's kind of our plan going into every single week, and, and certainly that's our expectation. And, and uh, 
you know, hopefully we can continue to do that throughout the season. The Saints victorious, 16-15 to over the Titans. Dennis Allen is now the franchise leader, the only head coach in Saints history to win his first two season openers. They've won five straight as a team. Carolina on Monday night. We are back with Saints head coach Dennis Allen after a quick break here on the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Mike Hoss and Bobby Aver, along with Saints head coach Dennis Allen after the 1615 win and coach just kind of talk about the the play of your defense and, and really with Derrick Henry who had 10 carries 51 yards in the first half also that screen of 46 yards but it felt like DeMario Davis and they had kind of started started to kind of hone in on him late first half or were were there more adjustments because in the second half he had five carries for 12 yards and zero receptions well, yeah, look, I mean, obviously that was a big point of emphasis in the game. Um, we had one run that we misfit early in the game, kind of a weak side stretch play that uh, got out on the edge on us. I think it was a 16-yard gain, which was his longest gain in terms of uh, in the running game. But I thought overall we did a good job of, you know, setting the edges, keeping him inside. And, and we, you know, one of the best things that we did in this game, I felt like, was we tackled really well uh, and we eliminated a lot of, you know, yards after contact, and we didn't have a lot of missed tackles in the game. I thought that was a big factor in the game. Now, uh, Coach Allen, do you expect this to be uh, a game in and game out, game out uh, uh, like task that you're going to have to address as far as, okay, what are we going to do to help Trevor Penning in protection? You know, you never want to be the weak link on offense or defense. It's just part of the game. When you look at, like, strategy, I'm looking at uh, the first half. 
uh, when you're trying to shore up the, the pass protection, then you allow four sacks and, uh, you know, because every team has a, a stud pass rusher. And but I, I know, I know uh, and the fans want you to address this because you can't chip every a pass play with a running back or a tight end. And I guess you mix it up. But uh, what, what is the take as far as strategy uh, when you're trying to help out like a young player like a Trevor Penning to get that confidence and maybe develop into a tackle that you could count on? Because right now, you know, uh, some fans will they'll ask me and say, well, why don't we just chip him uh, with the back or the tight end like every time we pass in the ball? I said, well, then opponents will scheme up against that and that will not be successful. So uh, how do you break that out, uh, be, break that down? Because come Monday night, uh, I think Carolina uh, has players who can get after the quarterback. Yeah, certainly. And, and I think, you know, most teams have at least one rusher that, uh, you know, has an opportunity to get after the quarterback you know, coming off the edge. And, and look, we knew this was going to be a challenge against this against this front. I think it's a really good front that we played in Tennessee. They've gotten after a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, they've done a good job of stopping the run. I thought one of the things that they did well is, you know, they really did some things uh, from, a, from a line stunt and a line game standpoint to try to, you know, create some one-on-one matchups um, and really made it difficult on us in terms of our protection and passing off uh, some of these stunts and games. Um, I would say this. I would say, um, you know, I wouldn't get too far out ahead of myself in terms of where we're at with Trevor Penning. Uh, you're talking about a guy really that made his first start in the National Football League um, against one of the better defensive fronts in, in, in our league. And so uh, this guy's going to continue to get better. He's going to continue to improve. And certainly, you know, we have to look at from a game plan st- standpoint, how do we. Uh, you know, maybe get off to a little bit better start. I think the thing that was encouraging is, is that when we got into the second half, we made some adjustments, uh, you know, at halftime and, and, and did some things to create a little bit more opportunity to throw the ball, and, and, and we were a lot more effective throwing the ball down the field in the second half. Now, uh, you know, Dennis, looking at the defensive side of the ball, um, we all know uh, the faith we have in Cam Jordan. I thought Carl Granison was freaking unbelievable. A uh, sack and a half, four quarterback hurries, a tackle for a loss. You look at Peyton Turner dealing with the toe injury. I mean, uh, you also had hit the lottery. I think we've hit the lottery on uh, Carl Grandison, considering how he's developed, how he's gotten bigger, stronger, and how you could count on him uh, as much as Cam Jordan. Now, that's saying a lot, considering I think Cam Jordan's a Hall of Famer. But Carl Grandison, uh, boy, it seems like if I'm a coach, I would love to coach that individual. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a testament to him and his work ethic and how he's gone about doing his business. He comes to work every day and continues to get better, works extremely hard. Um, And I think that's part of what our job is as coaches, is to grow and develop players. And uh, I think we've done a really good job of that over the years here. Um, And so, and, and look, that that didn't that didn't happen in year one with Carl. That's happened over the course of time. You know he's continued to get better every year. Last year I think was kind of the first year where we, you felt like, man, he really kind of took a jump. And I feel like uh, throughout training camp and, and certainly in this first game, uh, you know you saw that he's really he's really improved as a player and and a guy that we uh, we can count on for this season. Coach, talk about your special teams and that the huge play by Zach Bond. Now, 
officially as a stat goes, it, it goes down as a one-yard punt and not a block, but who cares, really? I mean, other than that's un- unfortunate for, for Zach. But that play, which led to one of three Blake groupie field goals, tw- 26-33 and 52, just that play and, and your special teams overall, other than we've already talked about the Shahid fumble on the start. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, again, I thought special teams, I thought we did some really good things in the game. Um, you know, and yet there's some things that we've got to get cleaned up. And so uh, we're hard at work on trying to clean those things up. But I thought the block punt was a big momentum swing for us in the game. Um, you know, it obviously would have been would have been nice to be able to get seven out of that. But, you know, we were able to get points on the board. I thought it was a big uh, play in the game. And, and ultimately, I look at it as that's the fourth takeaway in the game because anytime you can change field position like that uh you know in the kicking game it's 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 no different than than creating a takeaway now uh you know coach allen i'm looking at this uh, and again uh, y'all preach this in training camp and it's come to fruition uh you know in the preseason because i said somehow can we end up on the plus side in the turnover margin and you talked about the uh, the block punt I mean, it just seems like uh, we even had more opportunities. I'm sure when you watch the film, not only pass defended, but to get interceptions. Uh, but the Saints defense, you look, recorded just seven interceptions all of last season. It was almost uh, with the halfway point in uh, the third quarter that Lattimore, Marcus May, Paulson Adebo, uh, that were able to pick off Ryan Tannehill. He's not a rookie. He's a veteran. So you have to be encouraged by that, uh, then the back end that we're making plays on the ball and getting those takeaways. And, and uh, obviously, you know, uh, you and I have talked about this on the plus side and that turnover margin. But if that continues, no, you got a great chance to win. Well, no question. Look, that's the number one stat in football is the turnover-takeaway ratio. I mean, uh, it's the number one factor in determining winning and losing football games. And so um, I think it's been well documented that, that – uh, you know, last year we didn't we didn't uh, we didn't protect the ball well enough offensively, and in the kicking game, and we didn't take it away well enough in uh, on defense and in the kicking game. And so, look, it was great to see that we made some plays on the ball. Uh, I thought that was one. I think we had our hands on the ball 11 times uh, in the game the other day. I think that's outstanding. And so, um, and look, at at the same time, I feel like we should have had five interceptions in that game. So. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's being in position to make the plays, all right, and then taking advantage of the opportunities when you have those opportunities. And, um, you know, I thought we did a better job of that uh, in the game. And, look, I, I also think this. I think, you know, when you get a team and you, and you don't allow a team to just run the ball and run the ball and run the ball, and all of a sudden you make them have to take the ball off the line of scrimmage and try to throw the ball down the field, uh, I think more negative things uh, can happen for the offense when you force teams into being – uh, you know, a passing team. And so uh, I thought we did a good job of taking advantage of that. And I thought the rush affected some of those throws. We are talking with Saints head coach Dennis Allen. Got to take a quick break and we'll be back with Saints head coach Dennis Allen. It is the Saints coaches show. Mike Austin, Bobby Bear on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints coaches show along with Saints head coach Dennis Allen. And wanted to talk about that final drive of the fourth quarter first off it was second and 14 big catch by Mike Thomas and then the play to Rashid Shahid and we've had a couple of texts talk about it and really just the playing to win right play to win the game and that and that play was was a huge factor 
Yeah, look, um, you know, obviously we got, we, got, we got behind the sticks a little bit. And so, um, look, when we started that drive, we knew that, you know, we weren't going to just be able to go out and just, you know, run the ball down their throat and think we were going to just get first downs by running the ball. We knew we were going to have to throw the ball some to get first downs, and ultimately that's what we had to do. Um, you know, the, the play to Mike Thomas to kind of get us into a little bit more of a manageable third down situation I thought was a – was a big play. It opened up the playbook for us a little bit in terms of what we could do. Uh, and then that was a play on that third down play that, you know, Derek and, and, and Pete had kind of been talking about, you know, uh, throughout the second half as a play that, that they, that they liked, that they thought, um, you know, we could, um, we could make a play on. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, in that situation, you know, I told Pete, look, I want to get the first down. You know, we got to throw this thing. So give me your best play to get the get the first down. And uh, that was the play that, that both he and the quarterback really liked. And uh, they did a good job of executing. Now, uh, you know, Coach, Coach Allen, you being a head coach, defensive coordinator, I want your opinion on this because I always took the approach. I tell you what, you could throw a game-winning touchdown, this or that. But there's no greater play than when you can go in the huddle and win the game, play, however you describe it, uh, different teams, that you could just kneel down. I mean, how satisfactory that is that all of a sudden, because I'm telling you what, I know as an offensive player, the defense love that they don't have to go back on the field uh, because we're not going to give the opponent a chance. You can look at the Minneapolis miracle, what happened in Minnesota and all that. But if you can end the game, whether it's a four-minute offense or two-minute-plus, whatever, and you just get it's something as simple as just continue to get first downs, and they don't have that many damn timeouts anymore, and the game's over. I mean, how satisfactory that is. I know all the experience I've played, 15 years, pro football, I'm telling you, when we did win the game play, and we're in the huddle, you might be grab-assing and all, and you know, all that. Y'all excited because you're just kneeling down. The game's freaking over. The depression, now you still got to do the snap and all that. But how satisfactory is, as a team that all of a sudden, you know, it doesn't matter what the opponent's going to do, that you know you're in control of the game. They still have seconds on the clock, but they don't have another opportunity because they won't have the football. Yeah, look, it's um, when you're on offense, it's the, it's the best play in football. Um, you know, being able to get to that situation, uh, be it how many, how many timeouts they have or how much time is left on the clock, the moment you get to that point where uh, you're able to take a knee and end, of the, ga- end the game, I think that's uh, the greatest play in football. And, and look, um, it wasn't always as pretty as it could be offensively for us, but when we needed to make the plays to win the game, uh, I thought our offense came through and made the plays. And, and for them to go out there uh, against a really good defense with a long field to go and a team that still had, you know, all their timeouts, for us to be able to utilize all their timeouts and convert first downs and end the game take a knee, uh, I thought was huge uh, for our football team. Well, Coach, uh, a bit of a you know an extra an extra day so to speak Monday night against the Carolina Panthers they uh, were defeated against the Falcons so the Falcons won Tampa won the Saints won so the NFC South already turning things around congratulations on 
the win. And uh, we will see you uh, in Charlotte next Monday night, and then we'll be having the show on, on Tuesday. But just a heck of a start, and we appreciate your time tonight. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks. All right, Coach. That's Saints head coach Dennis Allen. Let's pause 10 seconds to let stations identify themselves here on the New Orleans Saints Community Coffee Radio Network. When we come back on the Saints Coaches Show, Mike Austin, Bobby Abra, we'll talk with Clancy Barone. He's the tight ends coach, and we'll get his thoughts about the tight end room that's ever-changing. That's after the break here on the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Hoss along with Bobby Bear, and about to be joined by the Saints tight ends coach. That's Clancy Barone. And Bobby, when you look at this tight end room um, and kind of how it's evolved this preseason uh, with Foster Morrow, but then Taysom, who really caught more balls in the preseason than I've ever seen him catch, but then he gets moved to the quarterback room. Uh, because of the Jay Kaner situation, man. What, 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 you know, it's, it's been kind of a tough situation. I, I look at uh, Jawan Johnson. Uh, you know, he, he's our number one tight end right now and how he's going to be utilized. Uh, now everyone's a Jimmy Graham fan, but Jawan Johnson, I'm looking at uh, that sound about right. I think this would be more on the low end, uh, five targets, three catches, 36 yards. I mean, I, I can have – I can see him having – like uh, five or six catches uh, for 60 yards. A very similar game by Jawan Johnson, like Michael Thomas, where he had five catches, uh, 61 yards, somewhere around there. And what I mean by, like, uh, you know, average per reception, then, you know, you're basically catching a first down, and then you're moving forward from there. Now you might have a splash play that would be, like, uh, 20-plus yards. Uh, but uh, listen, there's only one football and Drew Brees spread the wealth. Uh, it'd be every game there was at least at least eight receivers would have a reception. It might be one or two, but he would spread the wealth around. Sometimes it'd be as many as like 11. Uh, even the extreme, it'd be like 12 yeah. different players. But when I look at... Uh, Bobby, listen to this, listen to this. Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. I, I want to bring Clancy uh, into the conversation. Clancy Barone, Saints tight end coach. Uh, been around the league, been around uh, for a long time in the last two years with the Chicago Bears before joining uh, here. I guess, uh, first off, just congratulations on the win. And, you know, uh, tell me tell me about the, the, the tight end room and, and how things really have kind of evolved uh, since training camp. Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, you know, th- those th- those wins, as as we all know, are hard to come by. So you never want to take any of them for granted. And uh, this this last one we had last night, it was it was a, as old school as they get. You know, it was an old uh, bare knuckle brawl for uh, 15 rounds back in the day. You know, so uh, that's that's kind of the way that we like it. If, if we get them that way, we'll we'll, we'll certainly take them that way. Um, but as far as uh, the tight end room and how it's evolved. Um, it's, I guess to say it's unique would be a, a gross understatement, but, but it, that it is extremely unique um, with someone with the, the with the skill set of a, a Taysom Hill, 
um, a guy who's uh, uh, explosive and young and an up-and-coming guy who's probably not under the radar this year with uh, Juwan Johnson. Um, obviously, you know, Foster Moreau, a guy that has a great history with our, our quarterback, having been his teammate for his entire career, and now they're teammates again out here with us. Um, and, and a guy that, that does a lot of things for us. Um, obviously, Jimmy Graham, who uh, Saints fans certainly know. Um, and so, you know, with those those four guys, it's a, it's a very well-rounded, very diverse uh, tight end room. And uh, I guess selfishly, it's 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 a lot of fun coaching those guys. Now, uh, you know, Coach Barone, uh, would it be a case in point that uh, obviously you have veterans, you have younger players, but uh, th- that's a very mature tight end uh, meeting room and that uh, a different opponent, a different game plan, and you might get uh, targeted, uh, you know, more in a, a specific game uh, compared to maybe a, another game. Uh, because all of a sudden, Taysom Hill having one target, then all of a sudden he might play another game, he might have five or six targets. Yeah, you know, you're right, and that's 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 the way that, that the NFL works, as we know. And and there's a, a certain uh, anomaly uh, in today's NFL with only only three preseason games. And even though, you know, Bobby, back in your day, maybe guys played a little bit more in, in preseason compared to now, but uh, certainly, you know, there's that there's that element of, I wonder what they're going to do to us and we, we can prepare for what we saw on tape last year. That that gets you to the game, but then once the game starts, you have to see. Okay, here's here's the coverages that they're really running. Here's here's their adjustments to these personnel groups, to these formations, to these motions, so on and so forth. So, it's a chess match uh, easily on on game day. That's 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 probably the, the best way to to put it. And so a lot of us going through our our checklist of things that we felt that we were going to get uh, plays that we felt that we could call, and then uh, compare that once we see exactly how the game plan is starting to unfold from there from their end of it, you know, for, with their uh, defense and so forth and saying, okay, well, here's the ones that we feel like we can, we can utilize in this game plan. Now that we see the coverages that they are truly going to run, not just the ones that we thought based off of 2022 tape that we thought that they might run. And that seems to be kind of the course of the, the way things are, are kind of playing out in, in today's NFL. I know last year was certainly the same way. And, and there's a bit of that probably for the first uh, two or three weeks until you have enough evidence on tape to how teams are really going to play you and especially even moving forward to this week with the guys not a a new coordinator but a, a new coordinator uh with the um with, with the panthers obviously he was with the broncos last year but there is uh, some of that uh, is, is trying to feel things out and you're right um there's there's only only one ball per play that's that's unfortunate we'd like to have a lot more of them out there but we can we can scheme up some of the best you know pass concepts to get certain guys the ball and uh you know oftentimes the coverage does not does not uh, correspond to that guy getting the ball on that on that particular play and there's so many moving parts to the pass game as we know a lot of it is it's just the coverages it's just the quarterback read it's the it's the protection it's the you know all of a sudden someone someone might might drop a coverage for example and, and a guy that you weren't even looking for is suddenly wide open down the sideline which we may have seen yesterday so there's certain things like that that obviously happen on on every game day and uh, and we like to put ourselves in that that right position to be able to take advantage of that when it does happen now uh coach Barone, you talk about uh protection and obviously i'm sure y'all go over this in, in the meeting room and uh all the tight ends uh, we have you have an experienced uh, tight end meeting room but then you also, uh, you know, fans don't look at this, uh, but it's all of a sudden uh, you have to help out the tackle. 
whether it's the running back chipping or the tight end before they release it to the route, it might be a check down. But how important when y'all uh, putting up a game plan, does that come into play where like, uh, you know what, Foster Morrow might get more snaps because he can help out of Trevor Penning. And I'm just using that because that's what all the fans want to know. Uh, because you can't do that every snap every time you pass the ball because then uh, opponents at chess match, they'll game plan against that. But uh, that has to come into play. The significance of that maybe if you have a tight end that will really ear hole uh, that defensive end. I, I, I mean, I don't think they call a penalty. They, if you knock the crap of a, out of a defensive end who could pass rush and you ear hole them, are, are they still calling a penalty on that? They shouldn't. Uh, you know, I, I would, I would, I would, I would hope they don't, because uh, we, we, we certainly uh, like that to happen when we have those those chances to to take a nice shot and and, and make sure that they, that they feel our, our our presence out there when it comes to protection and so forth. We we like to take advantage of that whenever we can. So I, hopefully they they don't uh, start throwing flags on that. That would, that would take a lot of the fun out of the game. But that is part of it that goes into into the game plan, um, not just here, but on 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 all uh, 32 NFL campuses as you're going through the game prep is who are who are some of the people some of the quote-unquote game wreckers that we have to be you know ready for sometimes it's it's a, a three technique and so as as the back releases through the line of scrimmage he might have to help and maybe chip the a three technique on his way down to his to his check through routes and things of that nature so there's always going to be that type of, of an element in any game plan and it, it's, it's been that way since uh, since I've been coaching I'm sure is that way you know back in the day when you were playing and and that'll always be the way that, that it is and and uh, sometimes you know uh, some some of those game wreckers when they're when they're not on the field maybe you know you, you don't need to dial up the uh, those types of uh, protections and that that type of thing but but yeah that's that, that's always going to be certainly part of it and that that'll be in uh, for every game plan but I'm I'm sure that's also uh, true for every every team in the National Football League. So coach I'm I'm curious and this is kind of a twofer uh, question here uh, and you mentioned about the formations and kind of the dictating uh, alignment and stuff. Uh, when you guys got in the red zone, were the Titans kind of like many people would have expected to see some Jimmy Graham then? And I'm just curious as to the impact or of their formations as to to him in the game or not in the game. And, and then secondarily, just your thoughts about how he kind of, you know, kind of came out of nowhere, flew in for himself for, to, to, <laughs> to, to, to visit with the team and, and what he's been like in, in the room. I had Jimmy for two years up in uh, up in Chicago, so uh, I have a, a very a very good uh, background with him, and, and and a very good recent background with him. So certainly knowing his skill set, and obviously we remember, um, I think it was at the end of the 2020 season when we came down here and, and played you on the playoffs, and Jimmy had the the last play of the game was a, was a touchdown to him, and and in in uh, in Jimmy Graham form, it was, it was a one-handed catch way up that probably should have been thrown out of bounds, and he caught it somehow and scored the touchdown. But by that time, the game was already over. But um, but having a guy like him and, and with his experience and some of the things that he can share with the younger players as far as just game and try to compress time for some of these younger guys and here's what you can expect you know on on play four because this happened on on play one here's some things we can look for in, in, in the second half based upon how they're playing certain coverages and how they're how they're you know trying to roll their their safeties here and there so those are things that that uh, players like that who you know and let's call it what it is is probably a a you know future Hall of Fame player. Um, being number four right now on the uh, all-time touchdown list for tight ends, uh, that's that's certainly a, a I would think a, a great argument to have to place a guy in the Hall of Fame at some point. But to have someone like
like that in the room that can share that kind of knowledge with some of these young players. It's I think is just there's 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 no price tag that you can possibly put on that. Um, as far as with Jimmy's uh, targets in the red zone. Um, that's always going to be, and that's that's no secret to anybody in the National Football League. That's always going to be one of our uh, first thoughts that we have every every uh, Wednesday night, Thursday when we go to you know start talking about the red zone stuff for that week. But that's that's also on their on their thought process too. Every every D coordinator that, that we have on our schedule is circling, hey, watch number eighty when we get down to the red zone. So some of it is just trying to be a little creative with different ways that we can um, you know try to get them the ball. But we also can't go to sleep on the fact that we have. A, uh, a large roster full of uh, of other very viable, great targets we can certainly utilize in, in the red zone as well. So I think in that regard, it makes it makes it even more diverse and even even more dangerous, I guess, as far as that goes for our, our red zone offense. Well, Coach, we will end where we began, which was uh, it's never easy in the NFL. You don't look a gift horse in the mouth, and then every victory is special. Congratulations. Absolutely. And we appreciate your time, and good luck, good luck in Charlotte against the Panthers. Thanks, All right, Coach. Guys, thanks a lot. We will say goodbye to Bobby as well. Bobby, as always, thank you, my friend. And All right. We'll be talking with Mike Dettelier, talk a little NFC South, talk a little Monday night football with the Packers. shouldn't say the Packers. Good God. See how it is with Aaron Rodgers? The Jets and the Bills tonight. Back after a quick break, it is the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show as we go back out to the Silver Slipper. And Bobby has moved out of the way just for a little bit, and Mike Dettelier slips into the seat. And, Mike, welcome to the show as always. Thank you, Hoss. How you doing, bud? Doing fine, doing fine. So let's let's look uh, before we talk a little Monday night football. Uh, the NFC South, you know, took a lot of beating, but Tampa Bay goes into Minnesota. They win. I mean, somebody had to win in the NFC in the Atlanta game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then the Saints win. Uh, and if you're looking at the Panthers, I'm just curious. You know, Bryce Young was 20 of 38, 146 yards, one touchdown, two picks. I got to believe the Panthers are not looking at him to be throwing it 38, 40 times a game. That, that cannot be how they want this to go. That's, that's not a good number. I'm just telling you. Now, they were able to run the football uh, because, you know, they rushed it 32 times for 154 yards against Atlanta. Uh, so that's almost five yards a pop, 4.8. Uh, to be exact, but again, to get something, you gotta give up something, Mike. And I think, man, the loss of DJ Moore is huge for this football team. They don't have any, you can say this next man up, which I never believe. That's a bunch of horse hockey all the way around the board. There's nobody on that Panther team as good as DJ Moore uh, or in his area code. He was one of the most underrated offensive players. Uh, in the NFL, and I think he doesn't have right now that go-to guy that, that he can count on, and I think the guy he probably counts on the most is his tight end in Hayden Hurst. Uh, so, um, you know, yeah, former Falcon. He sort of has bounced around a little yes. bit around the league as a former first-round pick. But, um, you know, I, I thought overall – they weren't asking him to, to sort of carry this team on his back this year. They know that their most improved area is offensive line, uh, and we saw it last year. Their offensive line really played well. But um, the two turnovers, and, man, Jesse Bates. If you watch that game and I watch the replay of it, Jesse Bates looked like he knew to play before it was called. Uh, you're talking about a guy, two interceptions, two knockdowns of passes, uh, 10 tackles, 
It looked like they were playing with 12 guys uh, because Bates was on the Falcons team. And as much as the talk has been certainly about Caden Ellis and uh, David Anyumata and Calais Campbell sort of in the winter years of his career, the big addition has been Bates. And I thought yesterday he showed up big and he had a bead on Bryce Young. Your takeaways uh, from the Saints' victory yesterday, not allowing a, a touchdown defensively, three interceptions, three sacks. I mean, there was, there was some. Uh, Dennis talked about it. There's some things to clean up. In fact, the red zone was 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 not strong. Uh, the trick plays that the Titans actually pulled off worked. It was just poor execution. Uh, by Tannehill, they missed some, missed some receivers that were wide open. So there's, there's, there's some work to do, but your takeaways. One, defensively, you really couldn't ask them to play too much better than what they did. Uh, they did not let Derrick Henry kind of the pace of the game. Uh, and, you know, he got off one nice run. Uh, I think it was 18 yards. And what sort of surprised them was Derrick, they don't use him a lot as a receiver, but he broke one off too. And then when he gets out in the open field, man, uh, good luck, buddy, trying to bring him down. But overall, they did a great job in the red zone, three turnovers. And, uh, man, you know, if you think about it, last year they only got seven interceptions all season long, and it took the week 13 to get three. They got three in one game. And so defensively, I thought they really played well, and I thought the secondary was excellent. Um, Offensively, you saw the, the weakness up front. And uh, I think with some opportunities here, we saw Olave, a really big game. Rashid Shahid, you know, coming through late with some big catches. Michael Thomas early with some big catches. Uh, you'd like to see him get better in the running game. Now, you're not going to play a, a team as good as the Titans front seven every week. I mean, that, that's a really good uh, lineup. Uh, but uh, I thought overall did a great job on the part of playing defense, getting turnovers, and hitting field goals when you needed to. And Blake Groupie becoming sort of the unsung hero here of those three field goals and really, really counted. Uh, when, when you're going to play these type games, Mike, in the past, the Saints have not matched up well against big physical football teams that want to play kind of small ball. They have not matched up well. You come out with a W. That's what all that matters. Tonight, Monday Night Football is the Aaron Rodgers show with the Jets, Buffalo at the Jets. Um, Interested to see what what kind of uh, addition and what kind of change he makes with this Jets team because the Bills are certainly the Bills still. Yeah, they still got Josh Allen and Diggs and – uh, their defensive front seven, which is pretty strong. Their secondary has, has taken a little bit of, of a beating, but they can get pressure. And what's the weakest link for the Jets? Offensive line play. Aaron Rodgers is still a really good football player in this league, but can you have him stand up all the time without getting tremendous pressure on him? And I think that's the thing the Bills will be able to do and they can scheme up on that and even bring extra people off the edge. So uh, that's why I like the Bills in this game. And finally, as much as everybody talks about Roger, and, and I think he's still a really good football player. Right. But their offensive line, ooh, we might. I've seen enough. It ain't good.
And finally, one of the interceptions I wanted to do it quickly, but Marshawn Lattimore comes out of the game and the Titans immediately go deep. And it was Isaac Yedem who makes the huge play, the tip to Marcus May. And that's, that's what kind of Dennis taught me. It's, it's that next guy has got to make the big play, and Isaac Yedem did. I thought Lattimore, when you look at the, how he was able to make that big play, but all game long, like we're talking about, a guy who is the active leader in reception yardage in the NFL, and he shut him down. Basically, two catches. You couldn't ask for anything more. I think Lattimore is the greatest cornerback ever to put on the black and gold uniform. He played elite yesterday and made that big interception. No question about it. Thank you, my friend. Mike DeTillier from the Silver Slipper. My thanks to Charlie Long in the booth tonight. You've been listening to the Saints Coaches Show, Monday Night Football. We'll see you next Tuesday night here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network.